0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. We're starting a new series. It's a journey together. The series is called Limitless. And I'm so excited to walk through the gospel of Mark. We're going to take a look at several stories that examine the unbelievable nature, the limitless nature of Almighty God as what he did is truly incredible. So we're asking you to join this journey. In a moment, the ushers, some of our leaders, they're going to hand out a booklet to you right now. This is our le- generous. Our, our what is this? <laughs> this is a limitless guide. It's not a booklet. It's a guide, and this is going to be helpful to you in this journey. Our team. So thankful for them. Let's give it up, man. They created this. It's unbelievable. It's a great resource. I'm waiting now for the ushers and some of our leaders. You can go ahead and start handing them out. We've got pens and things. For those of you online please do this. Um, It's available on our app. It's also available on our website, and you're going to see a little link to it in the chat box soon. But this is Everything Limitless. So before we get started, I want to walk through the four parts of this unbelievable, amazing booklet. Okay, you know what? Before you get it in your hands, let's just praise the Lord for the ushers who are handing it out. They do such a great job every week. But the first thing, four parts. So the first thing that this is going to do is it's going to go through the vision that you just heard about in the opening video. That was a lot. For some of you, you say, man, I heard that at vision night. Well, this, if you didn't get to get to vision night, this is an opportunity for you to have an imprint right there in front of you. Everything you need to know about the journey that we're taking for the next 24 months. Secondly, This is really cool. It's got all the message titles, all the scripture passages, and a spot for you to take notes as we do this journey together. So what that means is when you get your book, please do this. Turn to the past right before the table of contents. And there's a section that says this book belongs to. Go ahead and write your name in it right now. Yes, we gave you the pen. Do it. Yes, right now. I feel like Mrs. Cosme, my algebra teacher in the ninth grade. She used to do this. with. She handed out the algebra books. But what this means is that you are going to be bringing this to and from church in the next several weeks. Because it's got everything you need. Third thing, so excited about this. It's got a code in there. A QR code that you can access additional teaching for small groups, for your growth group. And you could do this individually, you can watch these videos, or these are the things that we're gonna be doing in all of our groups as we take this journey together. And then fourthly, there's a card in here, this is a commitment card, please. You don't have to do anything with this today. What I'm suggesting is that you would just put this aside When you get home, put it in your Bible, put it on your nightstand. All I'm asking you to do is begin praying through that for yourself and for our church as we go on this journey together. Remembering that it's this. It's about us growing in generosity first. That's our primary goal. That's our primary mission. That's what we're about right here. And then second, it's about mission advancement. So we firmly believe with all of our hearts that what? That if we grow in generosity, then we'll advance the mission. And that God will continue to use us to do the things that we're talking about. So that what comes first. Okay, um, let me see those eyes, because you're all looking at the booklets right now. and So this was a bad idea to hand this out first. So it's just like I got no attention right now. Got a few people online, I don't know. Um, but... Please go to page 38 right now and we're going to start. Title of the message today is this. It's simply Faith Without Borders Spreads. And I want to read to you from Mark chapter 2. And Mark chapter 2, we're going to introduce you to four individuals that I've come to love over the years. We want to talk about limits journey. You want to talk about your response. You want to talk about what we need to do. Man, it's wrapped up in these four guys. I want to be just like them. And I'm hoping at the end of our time that you're going to say the same thing with me. Let me begin reading in Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And when he returned to Capernaum, that's Jesus himself, it says it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door, Why? Because he was preaching the word to them. That's an interesting thing there. When you preach the word, the crowds will gather because people want to hear God's word. That'd be a great place to say amen, but I guess you're just focused in your booklet that we gave you. (laughs) Verse three that you can read along. And they came bringing to him a paralytic. There it is, carried by the four men. So underline that with that nice pen we gave you. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, look at this, man. They removed the roof. And they made an opening. They let him down on the bed which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven. Now please, underline that. We're coming back to that. Extremely critical to our theology. When Jesus, now some of the scribes, they were sitting there in verse 6 and questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, he said, why is, which is easier, guys, to say to the paralytic, your sons are for, sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that I, the Son of Man, have authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Okay first characteristic of what we're calling faith spreaders. That's what these four guys were. They were spreading the faith in their context, in their place that they were, in the God sovereignly ordained space that God had them in. That's what we want to become. And so the first characteristic, I'm going to give you four C words to remember, write this down, faith spreaders are concerned enough to help. Man, they've got concern. They just can't walk past. Now, think about this story for a moment. You've got Jesus is on the scene, and I'm telling you, man, he's got such a mass following, it's just, it's incredible the attention that he's getting. He's got a fan page on Insta that he didn't create, but every single person is is following him. These four guys hear about it. I bet you one of them even heard that I got a friend in the other town over who said that this Jesus did this. Man, we got to check this out for ourselves. Love that. So they go, and they're going to check it out. But what do they do? They lock eyes on a guy who's a paralytic who is laying on a mat, who can't walk, who everybody's stepping over to go see Jesus. And what do they do? I don't know if they knew him or not but they decided, they lock eyes on him, they lock eyes on each other, and next thing you know, they each grab a side of the mat and they carry him to Jesus. They had so much concern for him that their concern resulted in action. It was action. They weren't just gonna step over it. They were gonna do something about it. Now, I gotta slow down and just say this. I remember when I learned this lesson for the very first time, I gotta go all the way back to 1994 in Atlanta. I'm going out on a run in the morning, I leave the hotel, and I'm running by this bus stop, I see this guy, and something inside of me, you, you've, you've felt it, haven't you? You just, like something inside of me said, talk to this guy. And you know, I don't wanna get too spiritual here, but it was like, it, it was loud, and it was like, do it. And, and you know what I did? I didn't do it. I just kept running by. I looked at him, but I ran by. It was so strong that I circled the block and I'm coming up to him again and I'm feeling it stop and talk to this guy who's been in that place. Please don't leave me up here hanging and have you neglected it? Because yes. I just kept going. And then I'm like, I cannot believe this. So the third time around, third time's the charm. I stop and start walking and I looked at him and I didn't say anything and I just kept walking. And, and I felt like a loser, if I'm honest. More admissions been in that place? God stopping you, slowing you down, see something, do something. And so I couldn't get it out of my head for the whole day, everything I had. So I get up the next morning, same time, run the same route, not because I wanted to be physically fit, but because I wanted to, I, I to sit. Is this guy still there? He was there. Thankfully, this time, I stopped and I engaged into a conversation with him. And I got to tell you, I, I thought I was supposed to be the one. My story was going to encourage him. Guess what happened? This guy starts encouraging me with his story. And it ends by us praying together. Now, I'm not saying you got to get up tomorrow morning and run around your block. I'm not saying that. But I am saying as you run around this crazy world, and as we go to work, and as we go to the store, and as we go to the health club, and as we hide out, and as we engage with people, are you listening to that still small voice of God? Is he the one, is he wants to slow us down to show concern in action? There it is that my concern would result in some action that would be inspired by the Holy spirit of God which resides inside of each of us. Unfortunately, we ignore it more than we want to admit. Anybody with me? We do. And so this limitless thing, I I mean, the first thing I know some may be thinking online, oh, this is all about finances. And you've already begun to check out This isn't a financial conversation, this is a spiritual conversation. And what I'm trying to say right now is these four guys, they knew the difference about engaging in generosity with their time, with their talents, with their treasure, and with their testimony. And they used that, as we'll see, to spread God's word. And God used them. So we've got to grow in generosity with not just our time, talents, and treasure. Please don't reduce it to just one bucket. It's about our our testimony for him and what he wants to do in us and through us as we start a new season in this crazy season that we have just come out of. That's limitless. Second C word. I used to say, if you're a note taker, now I'm saying take the stinking notes. <laughs> Second C word. Okay, I'll show you how to, how, to, how to spell it right here. Faith spreaders are convicted enough to help. There's a conviction and, and there's something inside of you that, that, that I cannot walk by. So let's jump back into <laughs> the context of the story. I mean, these guys grab the mat and let me ask you this. I mean, Did the fact that he was a paralytic stop him? No! Did the fact that there was a long line of people they couldn't get into the house, did that stop him? No, it didn't. Did the fact that what? That nobody was going to let him in? I don't know if there was bouncers at the door or what. It didn't stop him. So what did they do? They went up the fire escape, so to speak. They got up on the roof and they started digging through the hardened mud of the roof with their bare hands. They were willing to get their hands dirty for the gospel. Yes. And then I love this, so imagine just, you know, imagine me being in your living room, and the house is packed, and I'm speaking, and all of a sudden we look up and there's dust coming down, and all of a sudden there's chunks falling down, and, and then all of a sudden it's just like, what is going on? And this paralytic drops right in front of you. I mean, right in the kitchen table, busts the coffee table, gone. And what's Jesus do? Does he look up and start scolding the four men for interrupting his sermon? No. Does he say, Man, you guys messed up the carpet. What's going on? No. Man, he looks at them. And this is the part that I wanted you to see. He says to them, Your faith has made this man well. That's a theological juggernaut. Because we've all been taught. And maybe you're even thinking to yourself today, I thought that my faith was a result of my individual decision personal with God. I didn't think I could make that for my kids. I didn't think that I could make that for my best friend. Like they got to be the ones I didn't think I could make that for my mom and dad who need Jesus. I'm telling you, you're right they have to make the decision for themselves. For as many as received him, Jesus, and believed by faith, to them he gives the right to become children of God. But I think what this story is doing, it's pushing us. And so don't let, there's too many times we read the Bible and we don't let the tension develop and hit us. There's tension. Your faith has made these, this guy well. But that's what Jesus said as he looked at him and he's giving him a pump fist high five. How can he say that? I think it's because we have a bigger role in this salvation process than we think we do. I think we have a bigger piece to play that God wants to use us to accomplish his mission as we take out more ground for the kingdom of God, as we do it as a church, as you do it, in your family, as you do it in your workplace, whatever God has sovereignly placed you within your circle of influence, no matter how big or how small, that that God wants to use you in greater ways, man. Can I just be honest? He does. does. Because wise people, and I wanna be a wise guy, I do. (laughs) The Bible says wise people save souls. So think about that for a moment. As you're leaving here and as you're walking home and as you're going and talking to that friend, as you're staring your kid in the eye. Man, God wants to use you to influence people for Jesus. And it isn't our responsibility if they accept him or not, but we sell ourselves short. He has given you the word. He has given you the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5, awesome. If you agree with me, give it up. That's what he's done. So that's why we're getting our hands dirty. We've heard it. I won't spend much time. That's why we're getting dirt under our fingernails here at High Point Church, and we started two new locations in the fall—one in St. Charles and one in Hinsdale. And when Jody and I were there, is two people who want to clap for that. Go ahead. And I, I agree with you. Those Hinsdale people. No, stop it. They need Jesus too. And but that's why we're doing what we're getting our hands dirty. We're digging through the roof and when Jody and I, we went out to these vision nights and you know some of you have been there, thanks so much for coming out and, and when we were out at each location, one of these two new ones, never forget the guy who waited the longest time to talk to Jody and I and it was so encouraging and he came up to us and I mean it was one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of talking to a lot of people and then he's off to the side and I know he wants to talk to me but it, he, he waited till the last person and then he just said to me, he goes, Because I just want to thank you for starting this church. And that's when I backed down a little. I'm like, whoa, you know, hey, I didn't do it, man. We got this and we got this. And, And he said, no, without this church, I wouldn't have come to Jesus. Without this church, I wouldn't have seen the love modeled and I want to get baptized. Without this church, I mean, he just kept going on and on. And can I just say to you, when he said that to me, that he's saying it to us? Do we understand that? It's you and me, man. We're doing this together. Man, we are on Team Jesus here at High Point Church. Can anybody praise the Lord that he's doing a work in us because he wants to do a work through us? And I'm telling you what, I can hardly wait to see this guy when I go back there in a few months and the work that God has done in him. And when we see him being baptized on the roll where we watch all these baptisms, Man, God's doing something in us because he wants to do something through us. That's why we're getting our fingernails dirty, man. I'm telling you, there's dirt under the fingernails. You manicured people, you're gone out of here. Get lost. We want some dirty hands with, with I'm telling you, we're digging through the mud. I say that because Jody just went and got a manicure yesterday. What the heck, man? I mean, the cost of these things is, is unbelievable. So, okay, so we're getting our hands dirty and, and we're doing this. I just thought of a really funny story that I can't tell because I don't have time, but I'm gonna share it really quick. (laughs) So I went home for, when I was a basketball, college basketball player, I went home, and the guys on the team, this is just something, it's an African-American thing, now I'm really in trouble and I can't get out. They do their fingernails. I'm one, I'm three, I'm, I, there's three white guys on the team. They all do the fingers. They're like, come on, Zap, you got to do yours. We got to do yours, Zap, we got to do yours. And so I'm like, all right, so these guys do my nails. They paint the nails. Am I the only one that didn't know that other people do this, guys? So, so I mean, this is like going back 20 years ago or more, 25. And so, so I get home and I'm sitting around the table and my mom and sister are looking at me like, what is going on? <laughs> And I completely forgot about it. It was like a month later. You know, it's flaking off and it's this. And, and they're like, what were you doing in college? And I won't be telling that story at 11 o'clock. So <laughs> let's move on. We want to get our fingernails dirty. That's why we want to do this. That's why we're starting, we're starting a church at Stateville Correctional Center. Amen. We got a pastor. His name is Rodney. Yeah, let's praise the Lord. I'm telling you, no buff nails, man. We're going to get our hands dirty. We're digging through the roofs because we want to help more people who are incarcerated believe, belong, and become like Jesus Christ. We want to help the people that work at the prison. We want to help the families that are impacted by this. Man, nobody in the state of Illinois has done what? Has put us church in a prison. I've heard it said. If we want to do something, I mean... If we want to reach people that nobody is is, is reaching, then we got to do some stuff that nobody else is doing. We got to be, we got to be convicted. We need to be convicted enough to help. Two more C words. Next one is this. We got to be courageous. I mean, these guys are demonstrating this. They're demonstrating a level of courageousness that just is off the charts. And I don't know about you, but man, deep within my heart, that's what my faith, that's what I want. I want to have concern, more concern for your people. I want to have more conviction. I want to have more courage to help people who are in need. That, that's what we're seeing. That's what it's all about. But notice the opposition in the text. Who does the opposition come from? It's from the religious people. That's what we see. Some of the scribes are sitting there questioning in their hearts. The scribes, the Pharisees, this is the religious establishment. And look, it says they're questioning it in their hearts. That means they didn't say it out loud. Did you pick that up on the first read? Like they didn't say it. They're just thinking it. It's like a lot of you are thinking a lot of things of me right now because I told that story. (laughs) And I don't know what you're thinking. But, But look what Jesus does. He reads their minds, because they're like, who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they questioned him, he said, okay, guys, which is easier then, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, pick up your mat and walk, so that you may know that I have authority to forgive sin? I say to the man, pick up your mat and walk. What's Jesus doing? Put your thinking caps on. This is extremely important to our theology. In the whole of the New Testament, anytime we see Jesus doing miracles, Jesus is providing physical healing to prove that he can heal spiritually. Do we understand that? Like, that's what he's doing. So he is healing a person physically to demonstrate his ability to heal you and I spiritually because we're all crippled by sin knew that wouldn't get an applause but that's what we are we all sin and fall short of the glory of god that means we make mistakes that means you know what god's spirit talks to us and we don't slow down enough to talk to the person that he wants us to talk to and we don't forgive people and we're too harsh with people that are closest to us that mean the most to us and we're involved in things that we can't get ourselves out of we're dependent we we're all crippled by sin I mean we can't walk like this guy can't walk and we need the healing power of the lord jesus christ so jesus just did what he did the full scale with him he did the end of the road healing and healed him for everything but only to prove that he can be forgiven and that's what jesus wants to do in us and through us so the opposition always comes do you get that there's opposition i know and i don't feel it right now but there's going to be opposition to this been doing this long enough. Why are they doing that? There's always opposition. People question you. You question your motives. Man, I just want to take ground for the kingdom. That's my whole life. That's it, man. That's what I am here to do. I just want to take as much ground for the kingdom of God that I can muster up. And, man, I'm going for it. Amen. And I'm praying to the Lord that we're all doing it together. Because we want to see him do something in our generation, in our time. So let me quickly, this is going to come really fast. I'm, I'm going to, because I got to go over to Wheaton and give this message to them. Sometimes I don't think you realize that. For those that are here, maybe it's the first time, you think I run out and I don't like you people. <laughs> I love you people. But I do a message in Wheaton 15 minutes down the road. So if you, know, not, if you missed a couple points, you could just come with me and hear it again. (laughs) But seriously, this is coming quick. Five distorted gospels that your friends are believing, that your neighbors are believing, that your family's believing, that some of you may may even be believing, or you may have believed in the past. This is what we're up against. First one is this, it's the whatever gospel. I'm gonna use five W words to help. This is like, hey, Whatever you do is cool, man. There's many roads that lead to God. It's the modern-day ecumenical movement. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? So Jesus said this in John 14, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Five W's. Next one is this. It's the works gospel. I don't think I have to explain this. This is the one that I was on for 27 years. It's about earning your way to heaven. It's about helping the old lady across the street. I mean, you just think, it's what I do. But we learned last week, it's not what I do that gets you to heaven and a relationship with God right now. That's the difference. It's not about a future. It's about a present. It's about what's been done, D-O-N-E. And so Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, it's by grace you've been saved through faith, not a result of works. It's a gift. Say it's a gift. gift. That's what we have. And it's not a result of works. Why? So there's going to be no bragging in heaven. Third W, helpful stuff so far? Yes. the wealth gospel. So this is the one that, honestly, it's, it's just like, it's, some people refer to it as the prosperity gospel, and it's all about what you get rather than what you give. Let me just say, Jesus isn't going to give you a Bentley because you came to him. Jesus isn't going to give you a mansion on Fifth Avenue. Jesus isn't going to give you, I don't know, in Chicago, you know, it's like, hey, you're not going to have an address on, um, you know, Michigan Avenue and the Gold Coast. I mean, I get all that because I came to Jesus. I, I mean, just stop it. Jesus is not about what you get; it, he's about what you give, and that's why he said in Luke chapter nine, "If anyone come after me, hey, you know what you're going to do? You're going to deny yourself. You're going to take the cross, and you're going to follow me." I love that daily. Next gospel, Four, uh, five in total. It's the wholesome gospel. This is what I used to call the Richie Cunningham gospel. Zero laughs. <laughs> I'm getting older. Come on, you know who Richie Cunningham is, isn't it? Like, who knows? If you know who he is, come on, come on. People are like, you don't know what, you know what? You've never heard of happy days. You know what? You guys look older than your. Yeah, happy days, stop it, you know. I'm a millennial, I don't know. Okay, so there. You, I used to watch it at lunchtime, and it was like Richie Cunningham. Let me just slow down. He's from Milwaukee. You got to get these guys up to speed. Can you guys hold? Hang with us. There's a few of them, and so so we. So he's like the nicest guy in the whole world. It's like your best friend. It's like everything is perfect. He, he he. It's like everything, and that's sometimes what people. Thanks for letting me have some fun. That's sometimes what people think, is that, I just you know what? There's a lot of people who are just good moral people. So. It's, this is three key words. It came around in the uh, late, uh, in about 2005. Um, Moral, theolistic deism. Moral, therapeutic deism. It's this idea that I'm just good in and of myself. And, And that's what we're fighting against. Is that no, you're not good in amongst yourself. And there's nothing good that you can do and be that it's not about how more, and see, some, these are some of the hardest people to reach, believe me, because they're good people, man. The, this is the guy who, the people who are, I'm, I'm telling you, they're paying their taxes, they're coaching your kid's uh, travel team. I mean, these are the people that you go out of town and they snowblow your driveway. I mean, what? I mean, these are good people. But Jesus said, or excuse me, Isaiah said this, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous needs deeds are like polluted garments. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind. Man, they're gonna take us away. So last W is the welfare gospel. This is a common one that people understand. It's about, you know, um, it's about humanitarian aid at the expense, very important in our day, because this is important for what we're seeing, at the expense of genuine conversion. So it's the idea that I'm gonna read the world of all its problems. We want to do it too. But Jesus has a two-pronged strategy to do it. It's called care and share. So thankful. I was just upstairs walking down and seeing the care center and the, the volunteers in there. My, you know, people are in there stocking up the stuff. I mean, it's care and share. That's what limitless is about. And so Jesus, that was his strategy to fight against just the welfare, or some people would say the social gospel. Now, you know what I'm talking about? And, and so look at even in Matthew chapter four, it says Jesus went throughout a galley, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. That's the share part. Can't neglect the share for the care. Can't neglect the care for the share. That's what happens too much. And so look what it says. And healing every disease and every affliction among the people for us. That's the, he's caring for every need he comes across. So if you get Karen's share, just give me a head nod, right? Like that's what we're about. And so these are the five um, distorted gospels. This is the stuff that we're up against as we do what? As we want to take more ground for the kingdom, like these four guys. And so, last word, these four guys, they weren't only courageous, love this, I'm not sure if I can say this at this time, if we're all through it yet. <laughs> I, I had hesitancy of this. We're contagious. Say, yep, I am. <laughs> Well, put them in. no, I'm kidding. I, I, I mean, everybody, like, I, I was, you know what contagious means? We have a new definition for contagious, man, because this thing spread everywhere. And, and what does it mean for them? Well, these guys, I mean, do you think, have some fun with me for a moment, do you think that this paralytic, after he started the day laying down and he ended the day walking on his own two feet, do you think he ever forgot that day? There's no way. Do you think these four guys who dug through the roof and met Jesus that day, do you think they ever forgot that? Of course not. I would even argue that everybody in the house, including those who opposed Jesus, they never forgot this day. I mean, this was etched in their minds for eternity. There's no question about that. Verse 12, it says it best. It says in verse 12 that they, the people are just, we never saw anything like this. Hey, hey, I don't, that's what I'm going for. Anybody with me? I want more, I've never seen anything like this. I want more, I've never experienced anything like this. I want more, man, that person came to Jesus. Man, those two people got reconciled in their marriage. Man, I'm telling you what. He is not no longer dependent upon that drug or alcohol that she became an awesome mom, that he finally responded and is the dad he was meant to be. That's what I want. I want to see more of things that I have never seen. That's limitless. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm feeling it. That's a, this is a big vision, man. Like, you know, we're sitting here and like the, 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 the thought, the prayers, the work, the, the dreams, that this is a big vision. Not one of us can do this. I would tell you that none of us can do this together. There's none of us that can do this. We can only do it with God. He's the one that can do it. And so we're rolling the dice, we're shooting big, and we believe that God's going to do something in us, then he's going to do something through us. Amen. And so that's what I'm trusting him for. And our theme verse is what? It's like from Mark, if we could put that up on for a moment, 1027, Jesus said, hey, with man, this is impossible with man. This is impossible with woman. This is impossible with family. This is impossible with child. That, that, but all things are possible with God. Everything is possible with him. That, that's limitless. That's what we're trusting God for. That's what we're believing God for. That we would become roof wreckers for Jesus. Yes. That we would start digging through and getting our fingernails dirty for Jesus. That that's what we want to be is we're willing to do anything and everything for Jesus. That's where we're going. Hey, I'm not really on that plan. Sorry. That's where we're going. And we believe that God is going to empower us. So this is one of the things I would just say to you. I mean, what roofs are we going to wreck? And so I believe I can see it. Let me go on record to say over the next six weeks, we're going to see some people wreck the roof of transparency. What do I mean by that? You know who you are. There's that secret sin. There's that thing you can't get rid of, man. And you've been trying in your own strength. You've tried and you've failed. And you know that, man, you need some other people. And you're going to open up to somebody that you trust to tell them what's really going on so you can get the victory that God wants going to wreck the roof of transparency others of us we're going to wreck the roof of complacency because i'm telling you man well you you read this story and there's something inside of you and it happened to me this morning it's like man these four guys they're just i want to be like these guys and there's just something inside of you that it's not it, it, it your your life doesn't look like this But there's something inside of you that says you have a dream, you have a passion that you want to be used more of God with your time and your talents and your testimony and your treasure that that you want to be used of him and you've just been too complacent. Hey, get ready for this. Some of us, we're going to wreck the roof. We're going to dig through. We're going to wreck the roof of generosity. And I'm telling you again, you know who you are. Man, did someone just... Wait a second, did someone just change their vacation plan for Limitless? Yep. Hey, did somebody just sell that boat that they don't use or they got rid of that asset they didn't know what to do with and give it to the church? Yep. Hey, did somebody just do this? Did they just donate that stock? And side benefit, by the way, is those big capital gains. You don't have to pay that tax on it when you give it to us. Nobody has to pay the tax. Did somebody just do that? Yeah, they did. Because we're gonna grow in generosity. And I can stand that with conviction because I'm standing here on a stage, when we got into this building over 12 years ago, that I'll never forget the couple that just, they gave us their second home. And they gave a second home and they just said, you guys take it and sell it and whatever you can get for it, we wanna get in that building. I'll never forget the guy, man, he gave us the keys to his sports car. I mean, this is crazy. And he's like, you know what, I, I don't need this, man. I'm just gonna scale back, and I just want that to go to limitless. Now, I did take a ride in it. I'm just joking. That's extremely a joke. I I didn't even see it, because I didn't want to be tempted. But that's limitless, man. Like, like that's what we do. Some of us, we're gonna wreck the roof of dependency. Let's end on this. I got a couple more, but let's just end on this one. And what I mean by that is that you know that you gotta trust and depend on him for that next phase. you know, you've been meaning, man, I got I want to go back to school. I, I want to do that other career. I, man, I, I, I want to get in full-time vocational ministry. I, I want to start that business. i want to get that side gig. I, you know, God's been telling us that we got to move and, and, you know, we should move and we've got to be closer to family. And you're going to take the step of faith that you've been thinking about. God's going to lead you in it. I thoroughly believe that that's where we're headed and that's the journey that we're on, that we want to wreck some roofs for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be roof wreckers. And I know if you haven't getting to know me lately that I actually love being invited to demolition parties. I'll bring the sledgehammer, I'll bring the glasses, I'll bring the hat, and I like breaking stuff. And so let's break some stuff together. But know this, final thought, that God has to break some stuff in you for you to be able to be helping breaking stuff in others and and that's what we're trusting him to do because we firmly believe that God's going to do something in us, said it now but before he does something through us and if there's anything I've experienced in my Christian journey is that I've been wrecked by Jesus, have you been with me? and he wants me to be a wrecking ball for him for his glory, for his good. Father, I thank you for this passage of scripture in Mark chapter two, I thank you for, I believe, the anointment that is on our church in this moment. Don't say it like that all the time, but I feel your Holy Spirit. It's vision of what we wanna see you do, not what we wanna do, not what we wanna accomplish, what we want you to accomplish. And so Father, as I look at these four individuals, I ask on behalf of my brothers and sisters who are gathered here and throughout all our churches as this message is going forth for those online, Lord, would you help us to have more concern for the people around us? Maybe it's some of the people that we're sitting with right now in our home. Maybe it's the people right here in our row that we're sitting next to that we would be concerned with others. People in our workplaces, and our spaces that we frequent, that we would demonstrate the concern that leads us to a point of action. Lord, we would be convicted to do something, to say something, to be something to them that maybe someone else was to us so that we could spread your, your glory through our story. And Father, I, I'm gonna ask for courage. I just pray for boldness. for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. And I want more boldness in my life. I wanna be bold with your gospel. I wanna be entrusted with the things that you desire for me to do. And Lord, May we be contagious to a world that oftentimes doesn't see their need for you. So whether it's a new location, whether it's a prison ministry, church in a prison, whether it's just talking to my neighbor, the person next door, forgiving that person, not taking advantage of them for all that they've done. Lord, I pray you'd grow us. and We want to be used to grow your kingdom because we are not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God to everyone who believes. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. Let's stand to our feet and let's worship him.